Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. This is the month of love. It's February, and all this month we are talking about relationships and love. And those relationships and love are not necessarily with each other, but we're even talking about how to love yourself. That was my podcast last week, and it was an awesome one. I hope you got to listen because I I so enjoyed that podcast. It I found it incredibly enlightening. I, you know, as a special needs parent, I really did not pay enough attention to what I needed to do for myself as a parent to stay renewed and energized and to keep filling my own cup. So please go back and listen to that podcast if you have not listened to it. Uh, It was good. Not because of me, but because I just had the best guest ever. So um, this week, I was so excited to do a podcast with my husband, Mark Worthington, and talk about our relationship, which we have never done before on our podcast and to talk about how to keep a marriage strong. Now, I'm not saying that we're an expert at this. In fact, we really aren't because we both have been divorced before. And this is a second marriage for us. So I don't pretend to be an expert at this at all. In fact, I don't pretend to be an expert in too many things, to be honest with you. But... I wanted to offer some enlightenment and share my journey, which is all I do on this podcast is just share the journey that I've had and to bring people to this podcast that can share their journeys with you as well. Look, being a parent of a disabled kid, a sibling um, of a person with a disability, being a caregiver of a person with a disability, this journey is already so challenged. Even just trying to be married at all, having a spouse or being in a relationship with a significant other, it's already challenging as it is with the stressors in life. You know, throwing kids into the mix who are typical, it's, it's already so challenging with infidelity and with job stress and with um, financial stress and all of the crisis in the world. Throw a disabled child into that mix or a disabled family member that you are caregiving for. Yeah, you might as well you know, tell me that I need to fly to the moon because that is pretty much what we're talking about at this point. But you know what? We are up for it. We can do it. And so that's why I was really excited about this podcast because I wanted to just clue you in on what Mark and I do and what we have done to keep our relationship strong. And when it's not strong, what we do to get back on track. So this was a fun podcast to do. um, And I always enjoy talking with Mark and being together uh, on our podcast. It's, it's fun. It's a, it's 
charming. Um, But there were a couple of things that we didn't share on the podcast that are kind of personal to me, and I wanted to bring them to you in this intro as well. And some some of that is that um, in addition to my tips with Mark, um, which were that uh, we talked about you've got to have fun. That is so important. Having fun together is critical, critical, crucial. You have got to make time for fun with your significant other. Um, find the fun things to do together, no matter what it is, and take turns figuring it out. Um, you do something that he likes or she likes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then we also talked about giving one-on-one time. You have to make room for each other to have that time, whether it's, you know, I want time to pray or if you're somebody who prays or I want time to meditate if you're somebody who meditates or does yoga or I need time to run if you're somebody that exercises or plays tennis, whatever that is. Um, You know, I need time to write in my journal. Mark likes to read. He likes his cigars. Want to take the dog for a walk, whatever that is. So those things are so important. But I also wanted to tell you, audience, that communication is the key. And I wanted to tell you this offline without Mark in the room, because I'm often the one who screws up our communication. I am so sensitive and Mark is very practical. And yeah, I know that's a male female thing a lot of times, not always, but for me, I am extremely sensitive. So I'm often the one who is messing up the communication. It is really important to um, get the communication right and to make sure that you have time to communicate about your caregiving. You need to talk. You've got to calendar the time to talk. Make sure that you put time in the day to argue if you have to about whatever uh, disagreement you're having so that you can figure out the solution and come to a conclusion about either your child, your child's care Um, Let's say you are trying to decide about a treatment plan or you're trying to decide about hiring a caregiver in your home or, um, you know, which um, which uh, after school program to use or even, you know, a really, really big topic like whether to have your child go to an out of district placement or not. Those are very, very important topics, and they really need you to have the time dedicated to work it through, and communication is the key for sure. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about communication. You need to keep your communication on point. 
Um, and for couples who have been together a long time, you get into these patterns of communication where you don't even know that you're doing it anymore. You don't even know that you're falling into this pattern where, um, you know, you say X and that leads to him saying Y or her, you know, going down this path and you kind of get stuck over and over again in this same, in the same pattern and the same path and you get locked up. Don't let that happen. You know, find a way to, um, to break out of that. Uh, you know, I know it's easier said than done if you need to find a neutral third party to help with that communication, certainly work on that. But I can't say it enough. Communication is so crucial when it comes to parenting a child with special needs, uh, especially if there, if there are um, behavioral disorders, particularly because, you know, those children can be um, master, masterful at picking up on any kind of disagreements amongst the parents. Uh, as your children get older, they will um, really infiltrate when there is disagreements amongst parents. So any kind of help that you can bring into the mix to deal with communication issues amongst the parents can be super, super helpful. So um, we've had lots of podcasts that can be helpful with, you know, very specific issues. So hopefully that will that will um, that will be of some use to you. But if you, as always, if you have any questions, if you want to offer any expertise, if you want to see any issues be covered, please don't hesitate to DM me. Please don't hesitate to shoot me a message on any of my social media platforms. Hit me up on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, on Facebook, um, join our Circle of Care Facebook group. I would love to connect and I'd love to know what you think about this or any of our podcasts. Would love to have you scroll down and leave us a happy five-star rating and a review. Your reviews mean so, so much to me. It helps us get this podcast out and the content out to the people that really need it. So thank you so much for listening. And here we go. Okay, welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. And I'm here today with my husband and law partner, Mark Worthington. Hello. So today... We are here to talk about relationships, and it is February, the month of love. And I am really, really glad to be talking to you about this subject. There are a number of podcasts scheduled for this month that have to do with family, caregiving, caring for one another, and caring for ourselves. And I have been actually pretty excited and looking forward to doing this podcast with you. Me too. I know. 
It's it's um it's something that we haven't really talked about on our podcast before. And we're going to talk about how we keep our relationship I don't know, fresh, keep our relationship going. I tell you all you have to do is look at me with those eyes like you're looking at right now. Ah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, I thought it would be fun. And we did this on our Facebook Live event last week, but I thought it would be fun if we told our audience how we met. Mark and I are, this is a second marriage for both of us. We both have been married before. I think that um, many people in our audience will commiserate with us and know that divorce is an unfortunate side effect of being a parent of a disabled kid. Um, Mark has a daughter with some significant health issues and she's who's an adult now. And of course, everybody who's heard this podcast before, welcome back. Thank you so much for finding us again, um, knows about my daughter Elizabeth and her challenges. So um, divorce being, you know, such a, a tragic side effect of what happens to a family, what happens to a marriage in a relationship when you have such tremendous pressure. Mark and I have both been through that before. But against all odds we found each other so i thought it would be fun to talk to but the I audience but i also i if you don't mind in case nikki is my daughter is listening it, it really the issues that i had were they were irrespective of her getting sick it, that's not really what was underneath things um but Anyway, yeah, so, and my, you know, it's funny, you mentioned divorce and it being hard. My divorce, I think, was the most amicable one I've ever heard of. And it still hurts me that, that, because I was supposed to be somebody who was married to one person their whole life, and I wasn't. And that's still difficult for me to deal with. But what we're here to talk about, I think, is that you, I think with all of the difficulties and pressures of life itself and the additional difficulties that can come uh, with having children with difficulties, one of the things that you can best do to give your life, to make it not so hard, is to have all kinds of love in it, not just for your disabled child, but to really remind yourself to experience the joys of the people around you every day if you can. I like that. So let's talk about how we met. It's a fun story. Which version do you want? Oh, I know. Mark has about... I have, I have 24 versions. <laughs> and then I, I keep coming up with new ones. Do you want me to tell them? Do you want me to tell the most boring one again? Let's have the official version. The the official version. No, let's have the funnest version. Well, I don't know about the most fun. The well, come on. Which one do you want? So I was scheduled to speak at an event 
for lawyers. Are you telling this story or am I? And... (laughs) (laughs) All right, look, so... It was an early morning event. Right, so... Uh, I had been through about three years of doing nothing but going to work and and going home to my empty apartment um, and withdrawing pretty much from society. And then in early 2012, I sort of had a a New Year's, you know, renewal or something like that, even though New Year's Day is just kind of an arbitrary point in the orbiting of the Earth around the sun. And I started to go out and do some things. I started to teach continuing legal education classes again and so forth. And then I um, saw that a group that I went to from time to time of estate planners and elder law attorneys was having their quarterly meeting in February of that year. The speaker was one Annette Hines, who I had seen post on the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys listserv from time to time, but I did not know her. Um or at least she says I didn't know her, but she, she claims did I did. did not know who I was. So <coughs> I bit. went, I, I sat as I am wont to do, front dead center. Annette proceeded to tell me a bunch of things that I was doing wrong, which I got mad about. But I also thought she was probably a pretty good speaker for a slot that I needed to fill two weeks later uh, for a... Uh, um, a seminar or a, a, a workshop for elder law attorneys uh, in, that we were holding in Duxbury, Massachusetts, about an hour and a half away from where Annette lived. And so stop and picture this, friends. He wants me to drive an hour and a half to give a presentation. Only a man would ask this of you, by the way. I have to get kids off to school in the morning, I still had young children at the time, one of whom was profoundly disabled. And the presentation started at what, like 7? 7.30. 7.30 in the freaking morning, okay? It was a problem. I just looked at him and I was like. No, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't ask you yet. So I waited till all the crowd clears. Everybody always crowds around the speaker asking questions. And I wait I hold back. I wait. I wait until the last one is done. She starts to exit the room. I pounce. Oh, my gosh. And I said, hey, I've got a question for you. 45 minutes later, she had downloaded me in my entire life. She knew everything about me, including my divorce and all this sort of thing. People do love to talk to me. What? Oh, yes. And so then uh, I asked her about speaking. She said yes. The next day she sent me an email and said, I was just kidding. No, she said, I, I can't do this. I, what am I thinking? I can't get out of it. I then bombarded her with emails for the next three days whining. And um, I found um, whining to get my way with her is very effective. And so she <laughs> relented and came to the March 1st uh, uh, meeting late. But I, I knew she was going to be late. I told him there was no way I was going to get there until very late. So I told him that, you know, I have to be the last to speak and I'm not going Over to. Over the next few months, just yeah. to keep the story going, uh, she decided to form her own law firm. She recruited me to uh, be kind of her trust and tax guy there. I declined, seeing no visible means of support. And I was doing okay where I was. So I said no a couple of times. He had no faith in me. I thought that was pretty much it. By 
March of the next year, she had persuaded me to join Special Needs Law Group. That's 2013. I found it kind of, I mean, she's very fascinating. She's very interesting. I remember back in May of 2012, I got a phone call from her asking if I thought, it, she's saying, like, am I crazy or is, uh, or our or qualified disability trust under Section 642 of the Internal Revenue Code kind of useless? And I said, Annie, you and me are the only other person who's, persons who think so. This is great. So, you know, this really was uh, an attractive professional quality. And so I did join the firm in March of 2012. She's very, very, very smart, very interesting, very, she just knows all kinds of stuff I don't. Always, I have lots of questions to ask her. Um, and I thought, this is really inconvenient because I have at 10 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, I have questions that I, I want to, <laughs> I think about things I want to talk to her about. So I went to her and I said, look, it'd be a lot easier on me. I mean, I really don't care about you, but it'd be a lot easier on me if I could just roll over in the middle of the night and wake you up and ask you questions. So would you marry me? And she said, okay. So we got married later that year. That is not really how it how it happened. That's one of my 24 versions, and that's <laughs> my story, and I'm sticking to it until I, the next version. It was actually very romantic. Of course I am. I mean, of course it was. We actually got most of the way through the year, and you didn't even realize we were dating. So the slightly more realistic story <laughs> is that... Um, we met a couple of times in May of 2012 to talk about about me joining her practice, which I said, you got to be out of your mind. Um, because he had no faith in me. But we talked about a lot of personal things. I then distinctly remember one time telling one of my friends on the phone uh, who asked me to do something, you know, some, some day in June. I said, oh, I can't. I'm going to a 16-year-old girl's birthday party. They almost called the police on me, but I uh, got away with that one. It turned out to be that Annette had invited me to her uh, daughter Elizabeth's 16th birthday party. Went to that. Um, went to uh, we, we went to the movies together on July 4th. And I went and saw the entirety of all seven hours of the Lord of the Rings movie at her house one evening. Because, <laughs> yes, this, I am a geek. But this, um, but, but truth uh absolute truth here i really thought that we were um two lonely um broken people who just kind of were hey speak friends. for yourself i okay. wasn't broken i thought i well i was <laughs> i just thought we were two lonely people and and that you know we had managed to find a friend and then on um october 6th that year, she informed me, you know, this is by telephone, by the way, you know we've been dating for months. And I said, we have? <laughs> and she said, yes. Uh, oh, well, I didn't know that, but let me, let me, now that I know that, let me try that, let me try doing that right tomorrow, October 7th. So in my view, we had our first date October 7th, although apparently I'm months behind the times. So and silly. Then uh, on December 24th, I knelt down in front of the Christmas tree in her home, now my home, and proposed. Yeah. And we got married next the next year. Yeah, what day? <laughs> oh. 
I never remember our anniversary. What month? October. What day? 20-something. You sound like the, the Goldbergs. 20 it's what? It's horrible that I never remember. Third? No. Darn. That's okay. It always gives me something good to hold over your head. <laughs> All right, look. People are probably sick of us, so let's get on to some stuff that's actually useful. So one thing that I would love to share is that um, Mark and I, our whole lives are together, and it's not the norm for people to work together, uh, live together, and spend you know pretty much 24-7 together, but we do. And because we do, we find it really important to make sure that we have uh, some space. We give each other some space for our individual interests. So um, I have my own office in the house. Mark has his own space in the house. And um, we encourage each other to take some space and some time for our individual interests. So this year, this past year, Mark has taken up in a big way enjoying cigars. P.U. I do not like them. However, I do support and encourage him to enjoy them because he finds them Does very... Does have a life insurance policy? <laughs> <laughs> because he finds them very relaxing and enjoyable. And, um, and Mark, you know, really gives me space to enjoy my own interests as well. It's very important to allow your partner the time and the space as long as it's within reason, of course. I know so many people who, you know, it's golf, it's running, it's tennis, it's, you know, I need my time for yoga, I need meditation, I need uh, time out with my dog. I mean, Mark enjoys also going for long walks with the dog. Coincidentally, he's smoking his cigar at the same time. But um, for, you know, some people it's going to be book club with their girlfriends. Whatever that space is that you hold as your own, please take it and allow your significant other to do so as well. That is so important and that is number one on the hit list for being able to keep the relationship strong, in my opinion. I'm not a relationship expert. I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a social worker but having been through one marriage that didn't work out and being in one that's incredibly strong I, I want to just offer that little piece of advice about what works for us what do you think well I think that that's generally true uh, I suppose there may be some couples for whom it's not, but I think it's generally true. And as long as you are um, never, I don't know, um, kind of like holding up a hand in the air to your spouse in a way that, that's like, you know, not just, oh, you know, I, I want this for myself or something, but like, you know, get out or excluding or giving anybody any kind of cause to feel rejected or, 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 jealous or you know just I don't mean jealous like there's another person but I mean just you know that there's always love in the air mm. and and it's not it's not a it's not a negative thing you know 
So here's the next thing that I've learned, and this is really important for you caregivers out there. When you are caring for a disabled family member, whether it's a child, a sibling, or a parent, it is extremely important for you and your partner to be on the same page when it comes to future planning. And that's really hard because you have to be honest and flexible. You have to be willing to say things that may be hurtful to the other person. You might have to say, I'm not willing to have XYZ person come and live in my home. I am not able to continue lifting. I'm not able to, I'm not willing to financially support this endeavor any longer. I don't want to live in Massachusetts when we retire. Whatever your bottom line is, you need to put it out there. And the sooner you start talking about this, the more likely you are to be able to build that future together. And it's funny now that I think of listening to you, Annette and I, for those of us who don't know us, and if you care, I mean, Annette and I really don't, um, there's a great deal that we don't have in common. We don't really enjoy a lot of the same kinds of things. Um, but we find the things that, I, like, I may not enjoy X, but I'll do that with Annie because I love Annie, and I want her to be happy, and, uh, you know, I'll see if maybe I can enjoy X more than I thought I would. Um but I am amazed at, now that you listening to you, how much we do have kind of a relatively common vision of what, um, you know, what retirement could look like, what, um, you know, what our future could look like, and so forth. Um, so that's very helpful for us. If that diverged a great deal, I think that would be difficult for us. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another thing that I want to mention. Um, if you are like me and you were not raised with a model of a happy you know two-parent household or even just a two-parent household or even just a happy household or even just a happy household um i did you know my my last podcast was about how to model joy and how to model happiness for your children and what a great episode very 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 interesting podcast yes and i talked about you know i don't think my mother was happy and i didn't learn from her how to be a happy adult woman now my mother was a single parent i never met my dad um and i don't think that i've ever mentioned that on this podcast before so i have no relationship with my dad i have i don't know who he is um so i've never seen my mother in an adult relationship Mm -hmm. imagine how hard it is to go out and have a relationship as a grown woman as a as an adult when you have no model for what that looks like that's hard and probably get it from television right 
Yeah, how and, dysfunctional is that? Yeah, I mean, so, so oh, let, let's watch, you know, SVU and see what adult relationships look so like. So think about that. And so many of our um, models are dysfunctional, right? And many of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about. So think about what our children are seeing. We want to model for our children a happy relationship or a happy caregiving relationship, just like we want to model for them, as I said in, our, in my last podcast, what it means to be a happy, fulfilled adult. We can't ask our children to be happy if we're not willing to be happy. That's right. And I, I have to tell you that for most of my life, I did not really understand that happiness is a virtue. Uh, it's not a selfish thing. I mean, it kind of is, but it's really a virtue. I just i am going to give a plug for a book uh, that's about 30 years old now. It's by a fellow who is a conservative commentator. If that turns you off, please try to ignore that because the book is really quite valuable. It's by Dennis Prager, and it's called Happiness is a Serious Problem. It's a worthwhile read. It really is. So in thinking about modeling relationships for our children and what that means to us. If we don't have that, we have to seek that out. Mm -hmm. We have to find that model for ourselves because we have to learn that from somewhere. Now, maybe our significant other, our spouse or our, you know, person that we're in a relationship with already has those skills and that's great and they can teach that to us but we do need to get that from somewhere you know um maybe an aunt or an uncle or grandparents or another adult role model dog our dog the dog (laughs) um but somebody can teach that to us um but it's worth kind of looking around and thinking through what we want that relationship, that caregiving relationship to look like. So just wanted to throw that out there as well, that it's important to have that model and then to think about what we're modeling for our kids, for sure. So anything you would like to add to that? Nope. No? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Mark, you were lucky because your parents... We're together forever. Well, my mom was divorced, but for darn good reasons. Um, but they married um, and stayed married until my mom died a couple of years ago. And she, I mean, they they were married for, you know, like I think 64 years, something like that. Of course, I'm 29, but they were married for 64 years, something like that. And... Um, while I don't know that I would characterize either one of them as like models of happiness exactly, um, they were models of integrity. They, I can't think of a single time in my life that they did not follow through on anything that they promised or said they were going to do. Um, steadfast, they were just, they were really, really, really good parents. Um, but uh, I don't think that I would characterize them as models of happiness. Mm. But they were good to each well, other. They, yeah, I mean, they weren't morose either, but, you know, they were, yes, they were good to each other. So 
The last thing I think that we need to talk about as um, a relationship builder or an important piece of being in a relationship together is the fun. Yes. Um, I think that new experiences can really be, I don't want to call it the lifeblood of a relationship because other things really probably are more like um, knowing that you can have a persuasive influence on your spouse or, um, you know, trust and, and things like that. But, but new experiences really can be uh, a tremendous shot in the arm. But we try to take trips together to places that we haven't been before from time to time. You just can't have too much fun in your life. I mean, this life with disabled kids or disabled caregiving, it's darn hard and um, it'll wear you down. It's exhausting. And sometimes we feel like the more we self-sacrifice, the more, you know, the better we feel about ourselves. Like, oh, look at us, you know, we deserve a medal. I used to say, oh, you know, what a hard day today was. I'm going straight to heaven. You know, this this was a day that's sending me right up to heaven because, you know, I worked so hard and I, I, I worked my fingers to the bone taking care of these kids and my husband and my mother and everybody that was depending on me. And I didn't even have a chance to pee today or, or eat a meal. Why would I be proud of that? What's wrong with me, you know? I, I really, really want all of you to hear me. Find the fun, the passion, and the joy. It's, it needs to be there. Go bowling. Throw a ball around in the backyard. Chase your beagle around. Um, you know, pick some flowers. Roll around in the snow and make snow angels. I don't know what else you find fun or funny, but tell a joke. Uh, you know, throw a snowball in your lover's face. Um, chase somebody in the sand. Whatever it is that tickles you, do it. Tickle somebody. I mean, what is it? No, don't tickle me now. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever it is that makes you laugh or brings you joy or um, that, you know, that's fun. I mean, look, you think about if you're around somebody who's unhappy if you're around somebody who's miserable, whether they're quiet or worse complaining or even worse complaining about you, at you, your life isn't that great. If you're around somebody who's at peace and happy and laughing and smiling, your life is way better. Be that person as much as you can. Be that person. Why not? You're happier and they're happier. What could be better? The day I buried Elizabeth was a cold November day. It rained. It was gray. And I looked up and I said, good. I hope it never, the sun never shines again. 
it should be gray and cold. And it was one of those days that the chill just seeped into your bones and made you feel like you were never going to be warm again. And as we stood out there in the gravesite, I just thought I would feel like that forever. And that moment just seemed to go on forever. And I never thought I would feel joy again. I never wanted to laugh again. I never wanted to smile again. And it took me a long time. But a wise person said to me, do you think that your daughter would wish for you to never smile again, to never laugh again, especially my daughter Elizabeth, who spent her entire life laughing and smiling and tickled by everything around her, especially Elizabeth. Find the joy, find the funny things, and just bring them into your life as hard as life can be. And that's, those are the four things that I wanted to share with all of you to keep your relationship alive, to keep it um, enjoyable, to, to make sure that you are um, really um, treating your partner to show them that they, are, they mean everything to you even though life can be terribly hard sometimes. So um, on this Valentine's week that we have coming up here, I just wanted to say, I love you, Mark. <laughs> I love you, Annie. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for being here with us. Uh, this has been tremendous as we are getting very close to our 100th episode. I have so much gratitude for all of you for joining us on this podcast journey, for joining us on our special needs company's journey, and for bringing so much to our life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.